G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Phil Tautarangi joins us this morning, our fellow courses t- uh, host of Tee It Up, with Phil at uh, 7 o'clock on Saturday mornings. And, uh, of course, uh, he has some great interviews uh, in the course of his uh, show. And uh, you were able to chat with uh, Lydia Ko on Saturday, and uh, that was fascinating, Phil. Yeah, it really was, Smithy. It was, um, it was great to, obviously, get some insights from Lydia and kind of reflect upon her season. It was also interesting to me when I just kind of asking her about the work that she's done with Sean Foley, and, you know, clearly there's, um, there's a little bit more pep in her step as far as her golf swing is concerned. Um, and, and her revealing that, you know, there was a fair bit of self-doubt going on and, and, and maybe where Foley's been most valuable to her is his his belief in her game and her, his belief in her her career and her potential. And, um, you know, she revealed that, you know, maybe there there have been a few rainy days um, in my mind in, in recent times and he's most surely been able to just strip a little bit of that back and, and, and get me to to believe in myself a little bit more. So I, I, that was the one takeaway that I took from um, from the chat with Lydia. Great, she stayed on and, and chatted for about 20 minutes or so. And the other thing, other thing that blew me away, Smitty, is that we've been following it pretty hard here the last month or so, but she's been sitting exams. She's going to university in Korea and doing a, a, a psychology degree. So she's been sitting exams on the Monday and Wednesday of events over the last three weeks as she's trying to close out the season and watch you go uh, win second tied for nights or something like that. So, um, yeah, there's always a little bit of something going on in the background with Lydia that we're not so sure about, and it was great that she was able to uh, share some of that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, if I look at... Uh, would, if you look at her performance over the year and uh, that of Stephen Elka late in the year... Uh, who would be the New Zealand golfer of the year for you? Would it be Lydia or Stephen Elka? Yeah, buddy, good call there. I mean, I think I've got to go with Lydia in the sense that, you know, she'd tumble down to, you know, outside of the top 50 women players in the world after being the number one player. And um, generally when a career starts going that way, it's really hard to wrestle it back. You know, there's expectations, there's a whole heap of distractions that... I did. I used to be able to do this, and now all of a sudden I'm having a tough time doing it. And um, I think the way that she's turned around her career and now contending, you know, I've only just had a couple of whiskers off from putting her name in, in a must the hat for, for for player of the year. She's most definitely the third best player of, of the year on the on the LPGA tour. Um, so it must really have to go with her season, the consistency across the board. Having said that. Um, you know, it's a different uh, different competitive um, pool that, that Steve Alker entered himself into. Um, but his, his performance is 10 weeks on the trot, nine of them top 10, um, picked up a win, first win in, what, about five or six years anywhere doing anything and finished the year as, um, you know, as, as 
I guess a hotter player as there as there was out on the uh, on the Champions Tour. So a, a, um, a couple of great seasons to um, to, to reflect on, and, and much of we got to throw in there that um, you know Daniel Hillier picking up his first win on the Challenge Tour, also again a different competitive pool, but um, some 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 great performances all the same. News coming through that the uh, New Zealand Open golf organisers are forging ahead with the plan to play the, the tournament from March 31st to April 3rd at Millbrook, Phil, um, probably without overseas golfers, but in the light of what happened in Johannesburg the other day, I guess we should be lucky to have anything at all again. Yeah, look, it's going to be a, a challenge, and I think we've been preparing for this sort of challenge uh, for a long period of time, as nice as it would be for everything to open up, Smithy, in, in lots of different ways. Uh, the reality was that most probably wasn't going to be the case. And so, you know, with the format of the New Zealand Open, uh, it's not only about the professionals, although, you know, it's a professional tournament and there's the Brodie Breeze Cup and um, some world ranking points and a little bit of cash doled out. Um, it's as much about the amateurs with the Pro-Am format as well. And so they've got a number of them that are based here in New Zealand that um, have been itching and scratching, ready to, to go. The people down at Millbrook who have been great hosts for the, um, the last, uh, what, 10 years or so now. Um, and in the whole Queenstown area, to be fair, so they, they, can, they could do with a little boost of their economy. So um, kudos to the organising committee, Mike Gladding at the, at the helm and, and, and John Hart, the chair, of forging on. Look, it's not going to be the New Zealand Open that we've known uh, over the last, a handful of years or so, that's, that's to be true because not only the professionals but just everything that we've been through. Having said that, um, event organisers at the moment, those that are, are prepared to forge on ahead and give it a shot um, and try and you know wrestle back some sort of normalcy with uh, with everything because it would be really easy to cancel it, I've uh, got to tip the cap to those guys for, for forging on. Sad news, one of the pioneers, and I mean pioneers of uh, world golf, uh, Lee Elder has uh, passed away. Uh, you might, a lot of people might recall Lee, he was the third member uh, when they looked to uh, tee off to launch the, the Masters this year. Lee Elder was the third member of the group, unable to get out of his wheelchair and hit a ball, um, uh, as like Jack and, and uh, Gary Player were able to do, but he got the invite, and um, obviously uh, he, he's passed away, Phil, and he was. He was a pioneer, wasn't he? Absolutely was, Smithy. And look, we're, we're going back nearly 50 years or so from Lee Elder when he first emerged on the PGA Tour. We weren't even sure whether he should be allowed to play on the PGA Tour. It's hard to say that. It was right around when I was born. Hard to say that um, you know, things were so different then than, than what they are now. Um, but uh, the, the big news really kind of came when he won on 70, in 1975 on, on the, the PGA Tour and therefore gained himself an invite to the Masters, which at the time, um, you know, the only time you saw a man of colour around the uh, Augusta National was with a set of white overalls on. And so um, really kicked down some barriers and, um, and you know, it, the... I guess that set the path forward for what a number of players have uh, have enjoyed on the PGA Tour, regardless of the colour of their skin. And um, and and, a, and tip of the cap also to uh, to Augusta National for not only the initiative of having him come back as an honorary starter, but um, investing a fair bit of their um, their well earned profits 
from that tournament that they run every year in April into some scholarships for a number of different athletes that Lee started. Um, he, he put his money where his mouth is and, and said, hey, look, I, I was fortunate enough to get a bit of a leg up um, and uh, and could pursue my dreams. There are a number of athletes, not only golfers, um, but athletes that um, that are less fortunate than he was and he wants to try and um, you know provide whatever he can to... for to let people chase their dreams. He had some scholarships. Augusta National have kicked in with a fair bit of cash uh, at a university in Augusta, Georgia, to um, to facilitate that. So a number of great initiatives in the name of Lee Elder for what he did with breaking down some barriers in the school of golf. School report time, uh, Phil. But, um, I'm not gonna, we don't have to summarise greatly, but give us some names here. Uh, best player, best men's player this year on on uh, in the golfing world. Best in the golfing world. Yeah. Although Patrick Cantlay got the um, got the awards at the end of the FedEx Cup season, certainly for me, it's John Rahm hands down. He's the number one player pretty much throughout the course of the season, and he led the scoring average. He had the most number of top tens. He made the, made the most dough despite having a couple of events where he um, was leading by substantial amounts going into the last day and most probably came up about a million short because he had to withdraw. He made the most birdies. Um, he, he led with strokes gained, tee to green, basically ball striking stat. Um, all of those things combined, um, and he had a couple of tournaments where he couldn't, couldn't uh, either finish or couldn't start, wasn't able to play in the Olympics. Um, John Rahm, for me, was um, by, by far the, uh, the best male, male player on the planet this, uh, this season. In the women's game... Yeah, a bit of a toss-up, to be fair. Smithy, I mentioned Lydia was, you know, third-best women's player this year. Um, the two most consistent uh, and best were, were quite, a, quite a ways ahead in, in Nelly Quarter and, and Jin Young Ko. Jin Young Ko having five wins and ended up picking up the, the women's player of the year on the LPGA Tour. But I would maybe throw in um, Nelly Quarter, uh, just a, a, a slight nose ahead. Um, my, my dog's agreeing with that, uh, or disagreeing one or the other. Um, that uh, just purely because she won a major championship and she won the gold medal. Um, she had the lowest scoring average out on on the LPGA tour as well, but she played less tournaments than than what was required. Hence Lydia picking up that trophy. So um, Lydia, uh, sorry, excuse me, Nelly Quarter and, and John Rahm, the best women's and men's player on the planet this year. And just finally, the best uh, overall tournament performance, the best standout win. Yeah, I'm going to throw in there a bit of a curveball here, Smithy, and that Phil Mickelson winning the PGA Championship. Um, mm. And look, I'm not a not a not a massive Phil Mickelson fan. However, you know, if you if you go 17 tournaments leading up to there and you haven't finished inside the top 10, and then you don't have a top 10 since. Um, some could say that's a bit of a fluke, most probably. It came out of the blue. But you know that Mickelson's career suggests that, that nothing's a fluke. But I don't think anyone thought going into Keir Island that they should put their hard-earned on Phil Mickelson, yet he played over the course of four days, made some of the best golf he's played in his career. And so... Um, although there are emerging young players that are going to you know, dominate the headlines and Ram won the US Open when 10 players were uh, kind of lined up coming around the final final bend. Um, and, and Colin Morikawa will be part of you know, golfing history going forward with what he's achieved over the last couple of years. 
the tournament that kind of stands out for me is, is Mickelson winning out of nowhere at Kiora Island. And, and I think that one, and you know, becoming the oldest major champion in history, I think that one kind of sticks out as a bit of an outlier for me. Okay. Uh, I tend to agree with you, actually. I, I'd nearly almost forgotten. I was thinking about Matsuyama, but I, I'm now with you. I'm now with you, Phil. Uh, and I'll be with you Saturday morning at 7 o'clock as well, mate. Look forward to your show then. Thanks for uh, coming on today. Yeah, very good, Smitty. Cheers, mate. Yeah, Phil Tolterangi there, folks. Uh, of course, teared up with Phil Saturday mornings at 7 o'clock.